And, and so we see here that when we look at the life of Jesus, and we look at the cross. How many of y'all know he's not on there anymore? Hey, I, I just want to put that out there. Hey, hey, but you got to understand, the cross is the most recognizable symbol in the world. Anywhere you see the cross. E, e, even folk that not even say, amen, folk be in the club sporting the cross. Because they understand what the cross is. And, 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 and many people, they, they understand the power of what the cross sig sig uh, signifies. They, in my neighborhood back home, some of, the, some of the fellows, they would get together and they would drag race. But they would put the cross on the front seat. Because that's supposed to be protection. Put the cross. Well, because they knew the power of what he did, even though they didn't want to line up to what they're supposed to do. They put the cross. Anybody know something about that? They put the cross on the front seat because of the power in the cross. And so we see here that when we begin, begin to look at the text and we begin to look at our Savior and begin to look at our God, there's a text, there's a passage that said, he said, I laid my life down. They didn't take my life. I laid it down. For all of you, I laid it down. And by him saying he laid it down, he said, I could have called 12 legion of angels. To come get me out of this. Most of us know one angel slew 185,000 men in one night. If he called all of them, they could have slain the whole world. But he said, I'm laying my life down. I'm laying it down for you. I'm laying it down for the young people over here. I'm laying it down for the older people over here. I'm laying my life down. Oh my God. And so we, be, we begin to look at him now, the next day. Here he comes. Mary looks. Peter and John had already gone. Mary looked and she hung around for a little while. Because I believe Mary thought to herself, she said, something ain't right. <laughs> I believe she said something ain't right. Because this, this, this man snatched seven demons out of me. And, 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 and he can't handle death. So wait a minute, something ain't right. I don't believe it. You ever seen something that someone said, I don't believe that? I believe, I believe that's why she was saying this. I don't, I don't believe that. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. And then she looked over there to who she thought was the gardener. And she said, where, where, where did you lay him? What did you do with him? And Jesus called her name. Good God of Mary. First she didn't recognize him, but there's something about the voice because God told us in the word. He said, my, my sheep know my voice. 
Because you see, way back in, in, in the land in the Middle East and the other places where, where they have the sheep and they have all the shepherds and the shepherds will come together and start talking. And the sheep will just remingling all around them and mix all up. But when the shepherds begin to depart and walk away and they make that sound, every sheep that know that's their shepherd, they'll turn and they'll follow him. Amen. Why? Because God said, my sheep know my voice. Good God. See, when you're close to him, you know the voice. When he speaks to you, you can be getting ready to do something. And God said, don't do that. You say, oh, I know it's him. I know his voice. Good God of mine. And, and so we see here, the next day, we begin to look at what's going on. When we look at the cross, we see all the fruit of the Spirit. When Jesus was on the cross, you can go down the line and all of the fruit of the Spirit was on the cross. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, patience, all, all of us on the cross. In Jesus, just hanging up there. All of it was there. And then they, they took him off. Put him in the tomb. Can, can I just talk about it? I, I just want to talk about it. Amen. I don't even have time, amen. But I want to talk about the next day, what it did for me, what it did to you. And so we see here, when we begin to look at it, there's a couple points I want to talk about here. Because when he said it is finished, he said it's finished. What did it mean by that? He said, I mean, I paid the price for redemption. I paid the price. So the first point I want you to see here is when we talk about the empty tomb. There's many that, that tried to refute the empty tomb on the next day. They said, why? And at first they said they called the swoon theory. The swoon theory says, they, they tried to say that he just passed out. He was unconscious. But when they began to look at the swoon theory, they said, that don't make any sense because the soldiers made sure he was dead. That's why they didn't break his leg. It had already been prophesied that none of his bones would be broken. They said, so that, that, that don't work. So, so well, what we're going to look at now, the next one they looked at was what they saw. They, they got called the confused disciple theory. That the disciples went to the wrong tomb. But they said, no, that, that won't work because they have been to this tomb. They had been to this area many times. They knew where they were. Oh, come on, somebody. And then the, the, the last theory they, they had was the theft theory. Somebody stole his body. But they made sure that wouldn't happen because they had guards on the outside. They had a stone rolled in front. And then they had this thing called the signet. They ran it across the front of the tomb and, in, and, and to make sure that that was not broken in any kind of way. The guards stood up there and they said, we're going to make sure that he don't get out. Oh, somebody shout glory in here. Woo. Look at your neighbors tell him he rose, he rose, he rose. And the other thing I want you to understand, what makes this so awesome. <laughs> John 19, talking about Nicodemus and, and, and a man named Joseph. It said that they brought spices and myrrh. And it was about a hundred pounds of it. You find it in John 19. About a hundred pounds. And they put on top of him and wrapped all that weight was on Jesus. 
And the reason they brought so much, because when it was a king or royalty or somebody of importance, this, this is how much myrrh they would bring. Myrrh. And I don't, they brought all of that and piled on top of him to keep from smelling. But he still. I ain't hear nobody. What? Ha! He still got up. And then in the Hebrew tradition, the Hebrew tradition, it says that when we read the text, it says that the napkin that was on his face, that when they came and looked at it, it wasn't just thrown over to the side, but it was folded up side nice and neat. And the Hebrew tradition said that when you got up from the table, if you weren't coming back, you just... But Hebrew tradition said, if I'm coming back, I fold my napkin up. And it was folded up, signifying... I'll be back. <laughs> so it, it was just sitting there, folded up, letting us know I'm coming back. See, he had already told us he was coming back. Good God of mine. But then when we look at this thing and we begin to see the little signs that he left the next day, what the next day did for us. So then we begin to look. What else did it do? It reversed the curse. And I love the way he did it. Let me, let me tell y'all something. There's nothing that Jesus did by mistake. He reversed the curse. So what did he do when he reversed the curse? The, the first one that he spoke to. Because see, when the curse came over man, it was a woman in the garden. So to reverse it, he would have to come and talk to a woman in the garden and reverse it so now the woman would take the message back to the man amen, and let them know that he is risen. Somebody shout glory up in here because the curse has been reversed. That's why there's no other name greater than Jesus because the curse has been reversed. Somebody shout glory up in here. If you call cancer, all I got to say is Jesus. If you call sugar diabetes, all I got to say is Jesus. If you say heart attack, all I got to say is Jesus. If you say stroke, all I got to say is Jesus. If you say high blood pressure, all I got to say is Jesus. If you say low blood pressure, all I got to say is Jesus. If you say nausea, all I got to say is Jesus. If you say twisted anchor, all I got to say is Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus! God, my God, the power that he reversed the curse. And I don't care what woman, what, what folk talking about, women can't carry the word and all that kind of stuff. I thank you, Jesus, because Jesus gave the first word the next day. Oh, come on, come on. The first word that he gave, he put it into the hand of a woman to take it to a man. Just to tell him he has risen indeed. Let the ladies find you another lady and high five somebody over there on the side. So wait. 
My God, my God. Tell me, show you right. Gave the word to her and said, you go tell him. And then she got ready to touch him. Let me go on straight this out while I'm here over here in the garden. She, she got ready to touch him. And he said, hold up. He said, don't touch me now. In other words, and the, the Greek meaning was, don't cling on to me right now. Why? Because I got to go back to heaven right quick. How many of y'all know he went to heaven then? See, a lot of people say, oh, he came twice. No, he didn't. He came more than And when you come back, amen, that, that's going to be what, about, about the third time. Because he went to heaven then. Before he came in to, and saw the disciples, he had already gone to heaven and put the blood on the mercy seat. Oh, somebody shout glory. I ain't even got time. I ain't even got time to move that. Amen. But he had already gone to heaven. Put the blood, his blood, on the mercy seat for us. Amen. And freed us from death, hell. Oh, come on, somebody. Freed us from death, burial, and hell. And then he came back. He said, don't touch me because you will hold me up. Good God Almighty. Because I got to go back to the Father. I got to go back to see my Father, my God, and your God. And so he went back to heaven. Went so quick. Superman ain't got nothing on this. Let me straighten that out. He went back to heaven that quick. And don't say how he went. Just say he went. Went to heaven. Walked in on the disciples. Didn't open the door. Ain't it bad? He just walked through the wall and everything. Startled him. That's why he said, peace. Be still. Not only that, the next day, Matthew talks about the next day. Because the last point is simply this, a new day. Because it said that those that had died believing on Jesus said their graves open up. Oh, come on, somebody. And somebody saw their cousin that had died believing on Christ. Walking around on the earth. Say, open their graves up and they were walking around on the earth. Why? Because they couldn't go back up that he went. Oh, that he went back up. He had already went and come back. And they said they saw people that had died already walking around on the earth. On the next day, just walking around, showing off. Testifying. Tim said, I done been to paradise down there. See, you, that's what you got to understand. They were in paradise. But what Jesus did the next day when he got up, opened up heaven. Good God of mine. And now they were able to go up because, see, in paradise, they could see hell. When you talk about Lazarus, you see about Lazarus and the rich man. Abraham's bosom. They could see hell. You know, and, and, and Jesus knew, he said, you know, I got y'all in paradise. I know y'all don't, don't want to be looking in hell all your life. Seeing people screaming and all this kind of stuff. Even though you can see it over there. When he died the next day, he took, the Bible calls it captive, captivity free. All those that walked 
on the earth after the graves opened up that knew him. They got up and when he went back up, it says when he went back up that last time, it lets us know he led them. They were behind him. He led them. Because he was the first partaker. He led them. See, you got to understand all that happened the next day. Good God of mine. Somebody shot glory up in here. And, and the graves opened. Jesus had already went down and took the sting out of death. Took the victory from the grave. Went down there and whipped the enemies behind. Took the keys out of his hand. And then came back on the earth. And it lets us know that he came back with all power in his hand. All power. In other words, all, not only all power, but it means all authority was in his hand. And then he gave it to you. So why are we living such defeated lives? Because he gave all us power. Let me ask that question. Why are we living defeated lives? Because he gave us all power. When you do what he told you to do, you, oh my God, it's guaranteed that you will be victorious. It don't mean there won't be a challenge, but you will be victorious. He gave us the authority and power and then sent us and then commissioned us and said, go and baptize them. My God. See, all this, see, this is what the next day did. We ain't got time to talk about it because the whole New Testament talks about the next day. Good God of mine. Oh, the next day, he hooked her up. The next day, he hooked me up. The next day, he hooked you up. The next day, he gave us all a hook up. None of us have to live defeated life because he hooked us all up. Ain't no hookup like God. And then even when he came, he told us what he's going to do. He said, I came that you might have life. Good God Almighty. And have it more abundantly. Anybody living in that thing right now? He said, that's why I came. I came to hook you up. My God, my God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. I preach it by myself. Oh, somebody shout glory. Anybody that's been hooked up, give God a praise of you. If you've been hooked up, give him a praise. Give him glory. I thank God for my next day. Pierces him. And you know what it is? When, and, and when he walked in on the disciples, Mr. LeCount, when he walked in on them, he could have wiped every scar away. He wiped some away. But he let some stay, Sister Harry, because He let some stay because they had... He showed us... His hands and the scar in his hand. The reason he showed us the hand, he said, because prosperity belongs to you. Material goods. It, it, it comes through me. Just seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, all these other things will be added to you. And, when, and there's a text too that says, he said, I will give you the desires of your heart. One reason why some of us can't comprehend that, all these other things, because we haven't gotten close enough to him through the scripture when it says, I will give you desire. Meaning he said, I will put the right desires in you. When he put the right desires in you, then you understand, oh my God, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be added because those things, the desires that he put within you will be added. In other words, he'll give you desires. You won't be wanting frivolous, silly stuff. You won't be wanting stuff just to have it. You won't be wanting stuff just, oh, just to show off with it because he will give you the desires.
When God blessed my wife and I with our house, oh, it, oh it's, got, it's, it's got more bedrooms oh, we can, and we can use in there. Oh, yeah, it, it does. But because God, I asked God for that because in my heart, I said, God, if somebody wants to come and visit us, I don't want them to have to purchase a hotel room. I want them to be. And so God gave us the house. Why? Because he gave us the right desire. I didn't get the house just to show off so somebody could arrive. I told him, look at my house. Woo, if that's the case, I'd have bought a three-bedroom. One for me, one for my wife. Might have cut it down to just two-bedroom. Chairs and angels can sleep in the same room. But he'll give you, he'll give you your desires. Pierced in his hand. Because he said... You got to understand, and, and not only that, he said love and giving. He said, I'm going to give to you, and you're going to be able to give with your hands. You're going to be able to bless other people with the things I bless you. That's why I put the scar there. I left that scar. He, he could have wiped all of them out, but he kept a few. He left the scars, amen, in, 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 in his foot. Why? Did, why did he leave that scar still in his feet? Because he said, everywhere you go, your ground's going to be blessed. Everywhere you put your foot, amen, I'm going to bless it. Amen. All you got to do is walk over there. Oh, and, and you got to understand, and some people think it's, it's, it's just where you put your foot, but you got to understand, it's a spiritual thing. Because, see, when he said you're on holy ground, he said holy ground is a place in God. It's a place in Him. And wherever you step, it becomes blessed because you're walking on it. Then it pierced Him in His side. Pierced Him in His side. So we, that's why the Bible, the passage says, we in Him. And Him in us. He opened up his side and opened up his heart so we can now be in him. Spiritually, we're in him. That's why somebody say, are you in Christ? Are you in him? See, that's, the, that's, that, that's what that signifies. He opened up his side and allowed all of us spiritually to be in him and him in us. Walking in the spirit, walking in Christ. Walking in the word of God. Good God Almighty. Oh, I'm just about through. I, I don't have time to even mess with all that. But see, this is what the next day did. There's a, there's a passage that said, if Satan had known all of this, and I'm paraphrasing, but it said, if he had known this, it said he would have never crucified Christ. <laughs> Woo, ain't it good? And that's why young people, from the least to the oldest, Take advantage of your next day. You live it in the next. It's God that gave you this next day. Without Him dying on the cross, none of us have a next day. I know we talk about Resurrection Sunday. We talk about Palm Sunday. Amen. But now I want to talk about the next day. What did it do for me the next day? <laughs> gave me hope when it said that he was held by a nail he was holding me when he stayed on that cross he held me by a nail 
the reason sometimes you can slip and almost gone and be caught by your spider strap or your pants because that's the nail holding you and he didn't let me go he held me he said that's the next day when I got up that's the next day being in church right now all of this is the next day because there will be no need for this but because he got up it gave us all a next day If you save you, God has given you eternity. Eternity was in my next day. And one thing about my Christian walk, because he rose and I have a next day, even when I die, death cannot break the continuity of my Christianity. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Let me ask you a question. What would happen? This is personal. But what would happen if you died right now? Did you take advantage of the next day that God gave you? Because this next day that I'm talking about is a totally new day. It's a new day. Now that I'm saved, every day that I wake up, I'm stepping into my next day that God has made for me. This next day is so powerful. Elder Trey, if I die, it's so powerful what he did. I still step in to my next day. <laughs> Somebody give him praise in the building. <laughs> It'll cause fear to back up away from you. I can say that I've gotten to the place where I don't fear death. Years ago, I couldn't say that. But because of the next day Jesus rose got up he made all of this possible he sealed my eternity life everlasting this is why I understand what Paul said when he said to live is Christ Dies game. But can we say that? 